I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going down? everybody welcome to a brand new episode of what's going down here on patreon ad free or wherever you get your podcasts so you just you have to put up with like a couple of ads but you know everybody's got ads you've got to keep the keep the lights on somehow you know it's not a sort of socialist world here we're living in anyway my name is kenny and i'm joined as always by mr finley martin finn the sun is shining in glasgow is it shining in your neck of the woods kenny it's shining here it's shining and you know things are shining because we're recording again. Exactly, it's it's like a familiar. You know, it's funny. I was uh, Ollie and KJ have, have 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 not been on the wrestling roast uh, this week, and last two weeks ago, Alex McCarthy couldn't do break it down. And I was saying yesterday to them that you know, come rain or shine, Finn and Kenny are here. You know, we don't exactly. We're here to put smiles on people's faces. Yeah, and none of us try and change the script last minute either i don't, I don't turn funny up. dispositions <laughs> i don't turn up in your back garden unannounced an hour before the show um but no, we're, we're here um to to chat to you all uh, i will just make a quick note and uh, we are don't worry john we are going to be talking about the steve williams matches uh on no, 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 match, his, match. his match i was actually wrong only one of those matches Featured Steve Williams. The other one's Kobashi and Kikuchi, right? In the tag match with Furness and... Crawford. Yeah, we're talking about those matches on Thursday. It has not been forgotten. It is in the diary. It's going to be happening. Um, Have you watched those matches yet, Kenny? I've watched the Steve Williams one, but I've not watched the the Kobashi Kikuchi one yet. That's that's my next on my list. But I'm, I, do you know what? I'm enjoying it. I, I, I'm enjoying kind of seeing this stuff that I've never really seen before. Um... But yeah, I th- I th- we'll, so we'll, we'll discuss on Thursday. I'm going to watch the other one tonight um, and have them kind of ready to go. I've made some notes about the first one. So I'm I'm taking this seriously. You know, I didn't take my exams seriously in school. But I'm taking this seriously. <laughs> um, but, but... That's because you know the wrath of Martin. <laughs> well, it also... Fall on the... those shoulders of yours. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's also... Bricks. It's also because I always remember when I was in school, I was never very good academically. I just, I, I couldn't apply myself academically. I tried and my, my brain just couldn't do it. And one of the things that always used to kind of frustrate me is I just wouldn't understand how these exams I am doing, you know, right now are going to benefit me long term. I couldn't see a path that they would 
help me and then that kind of was like another block mental block for not being able to really do it but with this it's like it's wrestling i love wrestling we're gonna be talking about it you're not gonna let me get away without seeing it so you know it all makes sense i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna watch it but um watch the tag match well, um, i mean and let's face it your real schooling for your career was done through the pages of power slam each month it was it was you know it's funny because my mom said this to me a few times she said, I never thought that this would be your career. Not because you're not smart or anything, but I just, you know, because there wasn't, I mean, if you look back, there wasn't really a career path. This career path that I've got what didn't exist. I just kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. So um, there was no way to predict it, but I'm very, very happy it's happening. And, uh, you know, I still, rem- I still remember pitching you the, the Power Slam podcast and, and going, I wonder if he'll do it. I wonder if he'll do it. And then, and then you did, and the rest is history. But anyway, Thursday we'll be talking about those uh, matches. Okay. Um, I did want to say next Thursday I'm actually moving house, so we'll maybe record a Power Slam thing on the Wednesday. Yes. Which, so that'll be like a pre-record um, because what I don't want to do is say, oh, we'll record on the Friday and jinx it. In no, case but you'll have wrong. enough to do, Kenny. You'll have exactly. enough to do that day. So, yeah, let's record on Wednesday. So, yeah, we'll do that. I'll maybe put a, put a thing up for some questions or something, some topics you want us to cover. Um, but before we um, before we talk about uh, SmackDown and Raw, which obviously are the you know firm things we talk about here on the pod, I did want to bring up to you, it's been in the news, Finn. I don't know if you've seen the comments between Vince McMahon, not Vince McMahon, but between Ric Flair and Joe Rogan about Vince McMahon. Have you seen this? Oh, I have not seen these comments, now. Okay, so I'm just going to read to you the conversation that was had between Flair and Rogan. Um, now, obviously, <laughs> I will be reading this probably in a slightly different tone than they did, but they were they, they were talking about everything. And uh, uh, So here, here it goes. Flair says, I just can't see Vince taking orders. That would be a strange one for me if someone tried to tell Vince what the hell to do. Rogan says, who the fuck knows more than about wrestling than that guy? Flair says, nobody. Rogan says, when he was getting involved in scandals and there was girls that he paid off, I just wanted to say, duh, duh, you have an 80-year-old savage who is built like a fucking gladiator. Gee, you think he fucks? You know, Vince McMahon is doing that for hee-hees and haw-haws, no, of course he has some floozies on the side. Flair says, he's my hero. Rogan says, he's an animal. Flair says, I judge people by how they treat me, and he has treated me like I've never had anyone treat me with more respect in this business. Rogan says, that's awesome. Flair says, he's a great guy. I don't care what he does. He's my hero. Rogan says, before him, there was no one of that caliber. There was no one who put together an organization as big as WWF. And Flair says, no, he's got balls bigger than fucking Dallas, Texas. He's not easily intimidated. <laughs> so you've got these two old, you know, I mean... Joe no, Rogan's not that old, is he? No, but by, by these kind of comments, it's like, you know, he's, cause the, the thing that's strange is Flair obviously talks about Vince the way that he does because he's kind of, he's got to, I mean, in his mind, he's got to be very pro-Vince to... Stay in the good graces, be in the company, be in the company intro, which you know he feels very strongly about. Yeah, that's so, right. I mean, I think it was, I think it was a real, he was really felt very hurt when they removed him from the intro after the Dark Side of the Ring episode in late 2021, wasn't it? When that came out, um, you know, after the Plane Ride from Hell episode and the new disclosures, and Ric Flair was temporarily cancelled, wasn't he, by WWE? Yeah. Yes, and, and but then you've got Rogan, who you know, Rogan, who I mean, I assume he he knows enough about what happened with the the scandal that what he's saying is just what he thinks, or is he is he oblivious to it to the point where he just doesn't believe that Vince McMahon was inappropriate with women, and he just thinks you know Vince was having affairs, and of course that's what he was going to do, you know, of course that's what that kind of guy would do, but it does feel like they're kind of glorifying everything that he did. And you know, you've got to think if you're a if you're a woman and you're somebody who's either went through uh, you know forms of abuse or uh, power dynamics that are 
at a Power imbalances. Power imbalances. And yeah. you get these two guys just basically, you know, jacking off together about how great Vince McMahon is. I mean, it's like, the, it's like, I mean, I don't, you really use these phrases very often, but it's like the definition of toxic masculinity, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, and it's like, I mean, when I just said there that Flair was cancelled, and rightly so, I mean, if I was running WWE, I would never have brought him back. Yeah. I would have, wouldn't have him in the organization. That, I mean, I realize this is off topic here, but that, that induction speech for Great Muta should have been a sacking offense. He should have just been, Sent packing at that moment when he got back, it's like, well, wait till WrestleMania's over. Said, Rick, that was a disaster. That speech, disaster. You made it all about you. She's supposed to be about him. But as for this conversation um, between Joe Rogan and Ric Flair, I mean, for Flair to say, you know, I don't care what he's done, that was the words he said, right? I don't care what he's done. Yes. Yes, uh, Rogan said, I don't care what he's done. Let me get the exact... No, um, Flair. Flair um, yeah, yeah, Flair says, he's a great guy. I don't care what he does. He's I don't guy. care what he does. How can you say that? How can you say those words out loud? I, I just... You have a daughter. You... you have multiple daughters who, you know, you've got a daughter who works in wrestling. You've got a daughter who doesn't work in wrestling. It's like, I'm not, I'm not saying the guy... I understand why Ric Flair can't go in on Vince about it. But I also think God. You well, know, no, but there's ways of handling. He could have actually handled that very differently. What he could have just said was, "Rick, uh, Vince McMahon has always treated me with the utmost respect. You know, I, I respect him as a businessman. They've always looked after me. They've looked after my daughter. You know, they've treated my family very well. You know, obviously Flair's been through you know a lot of tough times in his life, and the company has been there for him." Um, I remember back in 08, he suddenly decided that he wanted to leave because he felt like he could make more money independently and went out there and did very well initially. And then, of course, the autograph signing gigs and the convention appearances and all these other um, avenues in which he could make money eventually dried up. Um, And that led him to (laughs) TNA and... He went back in the ring, you know, after WWE gave him, you know, one of the greatest retirement ceremonies and greatest send-offs in the history of the business, WrestleMania 24. And WWE could have really taken offense to that. But in the end, they brought him back, didn't they? They put him in the Hall of Fame again in 2012, I think it was, with the Horseman. Yep, yep. He's in, he's in and that twice. was when he was working for TNA. And that was, you know, that was, you know, I really felt bad for TNA over the way in which that Ric Flair handled that. And, um, you know, and they basically allowed him to go and do the ceremony when he was under contract because they knew they would have looked like villains had they not permitted him to do so. And, you know, you just look back on that whole thing there and Flair's pretty much, you know, had things his own way and companies, particularly WWE, have rolled out the red carpet to him again and again. And forgiven him for things that would have got, you know, lesser stars fired a dozen times over. So, I mean, I I understand that Flair appreciates what WWE has done for him and members of his family. But that doesn't mean that (laughs) that doesn't mean that you just say, I don't care what he does about Vince McMahon. He didn't have to add that on, did he? He could have just said what they've done for me. I'll always be grateful to them for that. Um, and that would have covered it to me. Um, yeah, and I think the other thing, the other thing to to bear in mind, I think anyway, is that if you read, you know, if you read what Joe Rogan's saying, like his stuff, and then you you can or even listen to it, it's like the way he talks. Let me get the quote again. That just to me, you know, defies toxic masculinity. When he says, you know, when he was getting involved in scandals and there was girls he paid off, I just wanted to say, duh. You have an 80-year-old savage who's built like a fucking gladiator. To me, what he's saying there, without him really saying it, is he's he's almost normalizing sexually aggressive behavior. That's what is coming across from what he's saying. And it's like this guy's got a massive platform of millions and millions of people who listen to him and kind of worship Joe Rogan. And it's like, I feel like he, he should, you know, uh, respect the platform he's got a little bit more because there's younger people who are gonna take influence from him. And I think it's a shame if that's the kind of message he's putting out there, which, you know, some people probably say, Kenny, you're just being really woke. 
So, yeah, well, the definition of woke is supposed to be pointing out injustices and and you know inequality issues. That's what it's. That's what the definition of it is. So it's not you know the worst thing, but yeah, it's just I mean, just go back and read about you know read that stuff that came out you know last year and this year and I mean about Vince and it's you know it's it can't be defended. It can't be condoned on any level. No, it you think can't. you think about how many how many lawsuits over the years that that Vince refused to sell on, and then there was like how many like four or five last year that he was paying millions out to each of them. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, this happened. These these payments were made. I mean, it's all there. It's written down. This yeah. isn't some rumor or you know something that members of the anti Vince brigade have fabricated all these things happened all these payoffs I mean all these payoffs were made and it's just like you know it's it's bad isn't it it's it's and there's, there's the one is that there's was there not I, I'm, I'm I don't have the numbers in front of me so I'm not I'm paraphrasing but I think there was the one last year where he where he last year paid out like seven and a half million to somebody and it's yeah. like if he hadn't done anything wrong right let's say he hadn't he's not paying out seven and a half million dollars to somebody Unless they've got something on them enough, that's you know, it's it's it, to me. I'm just thinking about it from my point of view. If somebody accused me of that, I would want to do everything I could to sort of prove that I was not what was being said about me. I wouldn't be settling case after case after case. So, but anyway, that was the the latest from uh, Joe Rogan and Rick Flair. I'm glad I didn't listen to it. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, there's a lot of other clips from it, and I've just kind of been put off even watching or listening to them. I don't really want to give any uh, any money to Joe Rogan's YouTube channel after that. But um, let's move on to the wrestling. Um, last Friday's SmackDown was a, a fair, I mean, a fairly missable episode in terms of story development because obviously the draft is this coming Friday, so it, it was just kind of a lot of. Uh, wrestling on the show. Um, obviously, the we had the match with Gunther and Xavier Woods on the show. Um, they actually had a pretty good match um, in the end, and of course, Gunther won because why would Xavier Woods beat him? But I thought Xavier, you know, I know I was quite hard on him last week, but I thought he entered a pretty good performance here. Yeah, he definitely did do. Um, there was an amazing top rope leg drop. Uh, by Woods on Gunter, and um, you know Gunter, he's the pro, he's the master. Just kicked out before three. Then there was a crucifix bomb by Woods on Gunter. Just kicked out before three. You know, fans were like, "Wow, is Xavier Woods going to pull off the upset?" No, of course he's not going to. Um, but I mean, they had the fans going there, and um, I thought it was a, a, a very good TV match. Um, I don't really have any desire to see these two wrestle again. I don't think they will either because it was a very decisive victory by Gunter. He won by stoppage with a sleeper. So I think that's it. I think that's the program over with now. Um, but yeah, as far as TV matches go, I thought he, I thought he did everything it was supposed to do, and um, ev- I think everyone who watched it would have been entertained, um, you know, to some degree. Yeah, I, I would agree. Now, there's a lot of stuff on Raw, I think, that's kind of storyline stuff that I kind of want to get into. So I don't really have too much to say on SmackDown, but do you want to just give us a couple of things that either for good reasons or bad reasons stick out to you that you want to give a, a mention to from SmackDown? Um, I mean, I just thought all the wrestling, even um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, even that was okay, which was... Best you can ask for was astounded by. Um, I thought, that, yeah, I thought it was actually all right. Um, and Morgan pinned Chelsea after pouring water on her and uh, Raquel helped Morgan on the pin. Yeah, I, I thought that match actually was really, was all right. Feels like Chelsea Green is feeling more comfortable now in the WWE ring. Um, and I think this tag team with Sonya Deville is a good sort of undercard role for both of them. Um, but I thought all the matches were, were, were really strong. I mean, Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Um, I mean, that was really hot. That was the opener. Fans were into it all the way. Um, I mean, this has been a great gig for Santos Escobar. I still think his timing's off. There's still something about him that, I don't know what it is, 
but he's to me when you when you look at him, you think you've been doing this a while. You sort of should be better than you are than you are. But I mean, the, everyone was over, and um, it's been a really good association for Escobar teaming up with Mysterio. Um, also, you've got to figure as well that Escobar's going to turn on Mysterio. I mean, you can see it coming, can't you? Well, I was going to say to you, do you think part of what's maybe making Escobar not click for you is that he is so much better as a heel than as maybe. a baby face? Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's like part of his, his uh, hesitance that's coming across is just that he's not... It's, it's a difficult role for him to pull off. It's like when the yeah. men try to be a baby face. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But when you watch him, he's there's just he's just slightly out of position or his timing's never quite, I wouldn't say never quite right, but often not right. And um, he was like this in NXT as well. And it took him a long time to really click there. And he did eventually. So I hope he, you know, he's been given this opportunity here with Rey Mysterio and um, he's over really by association. Um, You know, I hope he, I hope he gets it, you know, all the pieces fall into place. And, so, but that, that was a good match. I thought Viking Raiders versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet was was tremendous as well as a TV match. Um, Matt Riddle, Solo Sokoa, uh, no DQ match. Some really good action here. I mean, the audience, uh, this was at Ohio State University. The audience was into basically everything on the show, weren't it? Yeah, they were. And, yeah, uh, good time, Jimmy, and, Jimmy and Jay, of course, came out because it was no DQ in the Riddle versus Sokoa match. And they attacked Riddle. Riddle made a comeback, but then Sokoa scored the pin with the uh, like a running spike. And then afterwards, um, Jimmy and Jay uh, 1D Riddle through a table in the ring. So, yeah, overall, really good show in terms of wrestling action. But you're right, very few storyline developments. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we'll we'll move on to Raw in a second where there were more storyline developments than, than SmackDown. But we, we'd be remiss to not mention that about maybe like 10 p.m. UK time last night, there was a story that broke on PW Insider's website that CM Punk was backstage at Monday Night Raw. And I think initially everyone just thought, you know, have, have PW Insider been hacked or something? You know, somebody just like, is it April 1st? You know, we're, we're, <laughs> nobody could quite believe it, but it was true. Punk apparently was on a flight from Florida with a lot of the crew. He came to the show. He was backstage. He spoke to Triple H. He spoke to The Miz, and they apparently cleared the air from when <laughs> Punk told him to go and suck a Saudi Arabian money dick or something, whatever it was he said to him on Twitter a while ago. Um, they cleared the air, uh, but then he was uh, asked to leave, and he absolutely, uh, you know, Complied. Complied to leave. He was not, this was not him being forced kicking and screaming at the building. thrown out of the building pro wrestling style. No, this was not Paul Heyman the night after Survivor Series 01 or anything. This was... Oh, um, Kurt Angle and Steve Austin chucking, was it Buff Bagwell out? Yeah, God, that might, might as well have been a symbiotic WCW <laughs> chuck out there. But, um, yeah, so Punk backstage at Raw, people are a bit, I mean, I did not see this being the next thing we would talk about with CM Punk. What do you make of this? Um, I mean, <laughs> what can you say? Well, I mean, I know it's a podcast and I have to say something. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just comical. It's just, uh, the whole thing's just comedic. It's just like, well, if he's serious about going back to AEW, which apparently he is, um, this is a really bad sign. Because he had to know. He knew damn well this would get out. He knew somebody would film some part of it and it would be shared publicly. I mean, remember when Ricky Starks made the appearance? Yes. And he was, there was like a still that came out. And he was, you know, he he got, he took a bit of flack for that, didn't he? From AEW. It's like, what are you doing? This makes you look like a mark for WWE by going to one of their shows, which it does. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that CM Punk's a mark for WWE, but it just seems very disrespectful, doesn't it, to AEW at a time when he's supposedly reached an agreement to return and the change in the whole format of the company in terms of its televisual output in order to accommodate him so that he doesn't have to be on the same brand as, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. 
And it's like, well, it seems to me that AEW is moving mountains here, moving <laughs> heaven and earth to bring him back and to accommodate him. <laughs> and, he, and he repairs them by going to Raw. I mean, it's just, it's just, I think it just says a lot about what CM Punk thinks about AEW. Because if he was deadly serious and this was something that he was hell-bent on doing and his mind was totally focused on AEW and making AEW as big as it can be and putting the company first, et cetera, et cetera, why would he go to, why would he go to Raw? Why would he do it? Why would he do this? So the, the only thing, so here, here are the, the reasons I've seen bandy that I've tried to listen to as many people's ideas and theories as I can so we could kind of talk them through. So the first one is he's just messing with everybody. You know, he's just, he's just not, he's just messing with everybody. He doesn't care. That's the first one, which doesn't really make any sense because why would he do that if he's, you know, by all accounts, he seems to be trying to make amends with AEW. He's been open to having meetings with everybody for months. Uh, so that one doesn't really... But why would he derail those meetings and that trust mm-hmm. and the good graces and, you know, everything needs to be rebuilt and we all need to... It's all based on trust, isn't it, pro wrestling? Yep. You know, and we've got to trust each other and we've got to feel like we're all acting in each other's best interests. Why would he then go to Raw, knowing that it would be reported publicly and potentially even filmed, which it was, and the footage <laughs> of him out there... Getting in the car park, getting Tamina's autograph. <laughs> I mean, he's there doing a selfie with Tamina, wanting her autograph, wanting to sign some photos together. I mean, the second the second theory I've heard is that maybe he maybe he wanted to go and uh, you know uh, build a bridge, you know, because he 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 spoke to Triple H. Apparently, they shook hands. Um, you know, we don't know what was said, but you know, did he did he want to just kind of go? Because you know, we we you know, you and I have talked about this off air before. You know, having a grudge is never good. No, him. it's not. And if you can sort of let something go and go, do you know what? I'm 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 going to go and try and shake that person's hand. I'm going to try and move on from it. You know, that's something. That's something that you know. And maybe punk. Maybe punk's been to therapy. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. But I mean. Then there's the third option, which I I could see. I mean, last year, MJF was able to go out on live AEW TV and cut a shoot promo on Tony Khan, leave for three months, and come back basically with a one-way ticket to the world title. Yeah. So it's not whether there was a possibility that Tony Khan, I'm not saying this is what I would do, maybe Punk said to him, look, I, I want to I want to go backstage to this show. I want to clear there with Hunter. Can I do it? And Can says, do you know what? Good publicity. Go and do it. It's fine. Maybe he's okayed it. That's another option. And if he has, I mean, talk about, you know, the AEW locker room not being happy before. <laughs> Don't think they're going to be happy now. <laughs> but I was going to ask you because I know it's different now in 2023. You were covering this back in the day, so I think it is relevant to ask the question. So obviously, like, remember there was the example of Bret Hart was backstage at that April 99 Calgary Saddle Dome show visiting yeah. people. And he was in WCW. Obviously, there was very bad blood. Was it more accepted back then for somebody from WWF to be backstage at a WCW show than it would be today for, like, a punk to be at a WWE show? Is it different or was it just as frowned upon back then? Um. I mean, I think it was definitely frowned upon. So, when, when was when was the um, uh, the Brett visit the? Uh, that was a house show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was just a house show at the Saddle Dome. I don't know. I'll, I'll try and get the exact date. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find it while we're here. I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, April. I'm going to find it because I think I, th- I know. I think he ended up sort of throwing the hatchet with Earl Hebner. I think was there yes. that night. Because I'm sure that, I'm sure you reported it in Power Slam. That was why I found out about it. Um, yeah. So um, I mean, I think with it being a house show and it was a different time, and I think I imagine that Brett probably did obtain approval from WCW before he went along. I would think, although I may be wrong about that. Because I mean, by '99, 
He's I've, got, I've, got the, I've got the date here. So yes, it's a house, it was a house show on April seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine, at the Calgary Saddledome. Right, he, and, that, and that would have been the one. Yes. So I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, of course, it was that was a month before Owen died, wasn't it? Yeah. So, 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 so but Brett would have had to get approval from. I think. I know. I think yeah. Owen was there, wasn't he? Yeah. I think Owen was on the show. I believe he was. Yes, on that show. Let me just get it, get it back here again. I had it two seconds ago. Um, where is it? Sorry, for this. Hold on. Uh... This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, with it being Brett, with it being, his, with it being who he was, I think if Owen was there, I'm pretty sure he was there. Yeah, it was, it was Owen and Jeff Jarrett beat the New Age Outlaws and Edge and Christian in a three-way. So, yeah, he was on the show. Okay. I mean, his relationship with WCW had soured by this point. I mean, he was I mean, he was still working there, of course, and he would become champion later in the year. But I think any sort of thoughts that, um, you know, Brett was very much on in, in the late evening of his career by that point. You know, he's, he'd been his enthusiasm had been squeezed out of him by the WCW system. I think it's very clear that he just wasn't that interested anymore. But I imagine he would have received approval from WCW before he went along. I can't imagine he would have just gone along to the show without asking Eric Bischoff or someone in a position of power, you know, for the AOK before he did that. Um, And I'm sure Owen would have, you know, smoothed, you know, the wheels and just made sure everything was all um, okay for Brett to visit backstage. So, I mean, everyone would have communicated and it all would have been arranged and so everyone knew what to expect when Brett turned up. And, you know, it would have been, I imagine it was a very difficult sort of situation to arrange, but enough time had elapsed by that point. We were like, what were they at this point? We were, what was it, nearly a year and a half on from the double cross. I mean, you know, Brett's feelings were still hurt, obviously, um, but not so much that he wasn't willing to go backstage and even see all heaven of the man who, you know, screwed him in the match. And I'm sure by that point, Brett had kind of taken a more sort of philosophical approach towards it and that Earl sort of had to do what he did. And even though he betrayed him, I'm sure he understood more in his mind why Earl did what he did during the double cross. And, and, you, wonder, it... and you, wonder if, you wonder if Brett being backstage then, if the Owen thing hadn't happened, was that Brett's sort of first cold dip back in the water kind of thing of, you know, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really hard to know how it all would have played out. Um, you know, had you know, you know if, not, if he hated them that much, would he have gone backstage? To me, is the is the yeah, it's, it's like Punk. If Punk's going backstage to the, I mean, I know he spoke to Triple H, whereas Brett didn't go and speak to Vince, and yeah, wouldn't have even been there if it was a house show. But no, he wouldn't have been there. No, he only went to MSG and TV tapings, didn't he? And pay per views. That's all uh, Vince went to at that point. Yeah. So, but you know, but I don't, I, I don't think Punk would have gone to a WWE house show in 2015. And AJ Lee worked there still. You know, there was no. I don't think he would have done it. So, no. It, to me, no, it definitely. feels like Punk is kind of maybe he has just. I'm not defending him. I totally understand why people are very annoyed by this that he has went here, but. I just think we need to see if this was approved or not before we sort of like lay on punk, which I know is the, and you know, will this end up being 
something that gets more eyes on him being on this Saturday TV show. I guess we need to see well, how it pans really. out. I mean, it's an internet story, isn't it? I mean, this is like, it's a trending topic on Twitter and it's it's an item that people can have some fun with. It's not really going to promote AEW, is it? I just no, don't know, if, there's, if there's people, if it gets his name out there to people and then it's, and it all because Tony Khan's got another announcement tomorrow night because, you know, it's Wednesday. Um, oh, right. <laughs> so you know, if, well, it's the announcement. I've I've just fired CM Punk. <laughs> breach of contract. <laughs> I mean, because that's the other thing. I mean, I know we need to talk about Rob, but I mean, you know, Punk has not been mentioned on AEW TV since All Out. You know, if you if you only watch AEW TV and you do not go online or you don't watch press conferences, he won the title All Out. Yeah, and then on the next TV, it was like the title's been vacated, and there's a tournament tonight to determine a new champion. There was no more information, and his name has never been uttered. So it'll be intriguing to see when he comes back how they handle it. Do you say so, or do they just basically ignore it? You know, is it is it going to be like when you watch you know a TV show and all of a sudden a character is played by a different actor? You just Probably. Went, if you remember when he joined AEW, they they didn't announce in advance that he was going to be there. They just nope, played. Yeah. They just played the living color number. He came out, and there was a huge pop. And the announcer sort of hinted that there would be somebody that you know we were very familiar with coming out momentarily, and it was this amazing moment for uh, for for AW and Rampage and for the live crowd and everyone watching at home. Actually, I mean, it was it was a a really you know quite a, a moving moment to see him back in wrestling, wasn't it? And Sure, it was even more um, emotional for him, having been away from wrestling since 2014. Uh, But I imagine when the time comes, maybe they'll announce it. I don't know whether they'll announce it or just bring him out as a surprise. But as far as him appearing at Raw, Kenny, I mean, you laid out those three different theories as to why he went there. The only three I can think would be, you know, would be an option. Because what else would it be? What would the other one be? Yeah, I mean, I think he was. I think it's really big of him. I think it's really mature of him to go along and see Paul Levesque, go backstage, obviously seek approval. Can I come here? So it's like you know, and that there is almost putting him in a subservient position. Is you know, is it okay for me to come? You know, so he's obviously asked somebody in a position of power. I'm not going to be refused entry, am I? I'm going to be permitted to go backstage. So for him to go to them and not as a you know, as a as a as an invite and send him a limit send a limousine to pick him up or whatever, or then begging him to return. I think for him to actually go along off his own back, I think was actually really big of him. And he's absolutely gone up in my estimations in a sense for doing that. Um to uh, and to have a cordial conversation with Paul Beck. I'm sure it was cordial, um, for them to shake hands. I mean, I know that's you know, customary, isn't it? Pro wrestling for them to shake hands backstage. That's what they do. Yeah, I know. And, and, this, and, and an updated story that's come out from Fightful. I don't know if this is true, but what they've what they've heard is that uh, Punk turned up. They shook hands, um, briefly spoke, and then Punk asked if he was able to hang around backstage. Triple H said he would have to have that permitted first, and ultimately permission was not granted, and he was asked to leave by head of security at the request of Vince McMahon. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, it's like he left. There's been lots of bad blood. You know, we don't need to go through all the things that have happened between CM Punk and WWE since he quit the night after Royal Rumble 2014. And I'm not trying to pin either side as the villain because clearly mistakes were made on both sides and comments have been made, which probably both sides regret to some extent. To, you know, since then, um, but you can understand why Vince would have asked him to leave because of everything that's gone down. Really, you can understand it, can't you? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it's. I, I thought. I think it's a really noble gesture of CM Punk to go there just to try and clear the air with with the Miz and with Paul Levesque, um, and we'll see where that goes. But as far as how this reflects on his relationship with AEW and his relationship with his some people there who don't trust him have reason have reason to dislike him and his boss 
um, unless this was all coordinated with Tony Khan and yeah, go along for publicity. But as you just said, Kenny, if this was like an inside job, if this was, yeah, Tony Khan saying to CM Punk, yeah, go along, get some publicity and that'll be really good for the for the company. Well, it's not going to be good for the company because this is going to upset people in AEW. Yeah. Or, you know, has, has, has Tony Khan just said, okay, you can go. But but oh, not, possibly, you know, just, but, just thinking I mean, of that. Again, you know, why would you allow it to... If I was Tony Khan, I don't think I'd be allowing it. Well, I certainly wouldn't be. And it's just like, Tony Khan, you're supposed to be the boss. You're supposed, we've been through this before. You're supposed to establish rules and boundaries. You know, people need to respect you as the boss. You need to be the law. People need to um, listen to you and comply with your instructions. But then also the, the other, the, the last thing that, that that is worth noting is that like, so Warner Brothers are paying them more money to get to do this Saturday night show, and yeah, Warner sure, yeah. Bro- and Warner Brothers want CM Punk. That's okay. the deal. That's the you know we assume that's the deal. So it's not like Tony Khan can just go. That's it, Punk. You're gone. You know it's a very complex situation. Um, of which I don't really know if he's went rogue and went there. I, oh, I mean, I can't even imagine how you deal with that when you've got Warner Brothers wanting Punk and a Saturday Night Show, and then you've got the locker room who are, who don't want to know him apparently, or half of them. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, does this draft or this locker room split is that going to be done along the lines of people who do and those people who do like Punk and those who don't and those who don't <laughs> like him? Will be on Wednesday, and those <laughs> yeah. that do will work on Saturday. Is that going to be the you know the, the qualifications or the criteria? I, mean, I think. I mean, I if I mean, I prefer CM Punk over the Elite, but I'd probably rather work a Wednesday than work a weekend every weekend. Yeah, or exactly. T- take the weeknight, but exactly, is, especially in AEW where they've got used to a nice part-time schedule. Yeah, you fly out on a weekends Tuesday. O- weekends off. Yeah, you fly out on a Tuesday. You do the show Wednesday. You fly home Thursday. Um, anyway, we'll keep an eye on it. But um, let's go through Raw. So the, obviously the biggest talking point on Raw was that Triple H's announcement. He came out um, at the top of the second hour and he said that Roman Reigns is coming up in a thousand days as champion. It's incredible. And, you know, he's so damn good. But he did something very smart by negotiating himself a position where he didn't have to defend his title very often. Triple H sort of says, you know, that's great for Roman, but it's not great for the fans. And uh, the draft is going to change things and Reigns will be drafted to one brand and he will take the WWE Undisputed Universal title with him. And then in the other brand, a new champion will be crowned at Night of Champions on May 27th. And then he unveils a new World Heavyweight Championship belt. Um, this will be a new champion that the champion and a champion fans can be proud of, just not a champion that can beat Roman Reigns. Um, and the title will be defended all across the world at any time, any place. And uh, the champion will earn your respect, not acknowledge it. Um, what do you think of the the announcement? And the, I guess we we all kind of figured two belts were coming at some stage. But what did you make yeah. of the way they the way they went about it here? It's, I mean, to me, they sh- well, I suppose they don't want to they don't want to beat Roman Reigns. You know, the, Roman Reigns is double champ. I think he's going to be double champ at least until SummerSlam, possibly even until WrestleMania next year. Um, so the idea of splitting up, you know, the cha- the double championship that he holds, that's clearly not something that they want to do. They want him to remain double champ. Therefore, that means that necessitate, the, in their minds, the creation of this new World Heavyweight Championship, which, by the way, is cut from cloth it, when, when it's, the new champions crowned on May 27th at night champions. He will be the first champion. This championship will have no direct lineage or bearing or link to any other championship from the past. Let's just say that now. So mm. this is a brand new belt, a brand new uh, championship in WWE. Um, I mean, the thing about it that, that annoyed me, Kenny was firstly, it was just came from out of nowhere. I think there could be more of a preparation for this. They could have just, I don't know. I mean, the the word, the word, the words that people keep using, and I think it's a fair comment, is consolation prize, which is how they've kind of made it feel yeah. by the way they've presented it. And I think that there was so many more interesting ways you could have got to this point. And you know, 
but basically what you, what it what it came across as to me as a viewer was we're not going to beat Roman Reigns. He's the biggest star we've got. So we're just going to create another belt. Yeah. And and that's fine, but you know I'll I'll say this right now, I do not want Cody Rhodes to be the person who wins this belt because if that's the case then I think anybody who said it's better for Roman to retain at WrestleMania for the story possibilities that would immediately kind of nullify those claims because yeah. To win the, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's essentially the bronze, the bronze medal because the universal and WWE are the gold and silver, and this is yeah. the bronze, and it's like, yeah, it's just tough. I think there's parts of it that I think are good that we're going to get a, you know, a, another champion who'll be around more often and can defend it, and it's higher stakes. But just the way they went about it is really underwhelming, and it just. It doesn't. It doesn't make me excited. I was more excited about the future with the idea that somebody's going to dethrone Roman for these belts, and then it'll get split. But well, exactly. I mean, to me, I'm just having flashbacks here to September 2002 when they created the belt for Triple H, and that was a huge disappointment as well. Eric Bischoff just. Pres- I mean, at least they're having a tournament, aren't they? Someone yes. isn't being presented with a belt like Triple H was by Eric Bischoff on that episode of Raw back in September 2002. So at least there will be a tournament to crown this champion. But say Seth Rollins wins the belt, then that devalues. And in fact, it just, um, it means that the Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns match, which I thought might headline SummerSlam, you've just basically torpedoed it. You've ruined it. You've just taken all life and the the wind out of that storyline. That storyline now doesn't have a reason to exist because Seth Rollins will be a defending champion at SummerSlam, assuming he wins the belt. I, I mean, that was, a, that was a big match that I wanted to see. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Rollins brought up Roman Reigns' name when yeah. he came out and they had like a, a confrontation with Omas and uh, MVP because uh, Rollins and Omas will clash at Backlash for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Um, yeah, I think that's another thing. It's like so. I mean, you know, to me, the the, the whole you know, because after WrestleMania, the whole kind of thing that Roman Reigns was saying was, you know, we've got so much to tell in this story. Yeah, but this sounds like you you don't have more to tell, and that's why we're having to deviate to this. That's it. Yeah, it's like we're, it's like all these stories and all these paths and roads that could lead to Roman Reigns, it's like roadblocks have now been erected between them, between these potential challenges to Reigns and Roman Reigns himself. Because, because... He, and, and, and here's the other thing, to, sorry to interrupt you, so the, the other thing that's an element of this is, so obviously we've got the draft coming up, right? And they've yeah. said, and Triple H said here, Roman's going to be on one brand and the other person's going to be on the other. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that part of the reason the last nine months have been so good is because people have been on both shows. And it's kind of, you know, the bloodline's been the big storyline that's kind of been on both shows and we've got to enjoy it. And now if it's going to be a hard brand split, every time they've done a hard brand split, it's eventually failed. And they've eventually had to go back to, was it 2011, 2012, where they, used, they just started calling Raw the Raw Super Show every week. So SmackDown yeah. people were just on it. And, you know, I'm watching the 2003 Raw and SmackDowns all the time, and it's like, you know, we've just finished WrestleMania 19, and on Raw you've got Triple H in a feud with Kevin Nash, which just feels like a B feud. And then you've got Brock Lesnar as champion on the other show against up-and-coming John Cena, which also feels like a B feud. Yeah. Whereas the last eight months we've had Roman Reigns as the A champion, and everything's kind of worked around that. But now we're going to have this split crew... And I just don't think that the, you know, look at the ratings. The ratings have been great because exactly they have. I mean, this just devalues Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and it just all those stories and all those fantasy booking because that's what we all love to do. It's like we're all trying to imagine how Cody Rhodes, you know, will receive a will Cody Rhodes win Money in the Bank, and if he does, fantastic, and can then cash in on Roman Reigns and have another shot, another shot at the big one. But now if Cody and Seth Rollins are on the same brand, then Cody presumably, or maybe with Money in the Bank, you could he would still be, the Money in the Bank winner would still be allowed to cash in on either champ. Yeah, I imagine right. the rules would be, it would be very lax there. You you would have the freedom to cash in on whomever you, you wanted to cash in on. Yes. But I, I mean, I think so. but it's like, well, if Cody and Seth Rollins are on the same 
brand, then presumably then their paths will cross and they'll have another they'll have a title series. And and if Cody doesn't win money in the bank, then does he have to wait till Royal Rumble before he can have another chance to challenge Roman Reigns? And it just closes off all these, you know, storyline and championship possibilities. It just I don't know. I just don't understand it. It, it nerfs them. And then also, so say, say Roman Reigns is drafted to Raw, right? Say he's the Raw guy. And yeah. then say the, the world title is going to be on SmackDown. So say Seth Rollins is the world champion, he's on SmackDown, and Roman is the champion on Raw. Which also, why is Roman still going to have two belts? So technically there's three world titles. Yeah. But then if Roman only works once every four months, what are the people on Raw fighting for? Like, what are the, what are the top guys? Are the top guys going to have to fight for the mid-card belt? Because the the way that it worked so well before was that Roman was across both shows and there was yeah. enough ways to make it work. But it kind of feels like you're going to dilute the, the pool of people who want to win Roman's title because there's this other world title that's going to be available. And I, yeah, I just, I mean, I just don't understand the, the, the mindset. And I think that it's, you know, we're, we're what, four, we're less than four weeks out from WrestleMania 38. 39, sorry, 39. And, you know, last week we were sitting here talking about how, well, you know, the, the, the finish at WrestleMania actually makes sense. You know, Steve Austin was talking about it. Yeah. How, and now you kind of go and <laughs> let's ask Steve Austin about this one. Let's see what he says about this. Because there's just no example in history of where this has been the better option. Every time things have been the, the most successful when you've kind of had one top champion. Yeah. And... I mean, it, it did work eventually with the world and the WWE title, but it took years and it was confusing because then you had two titles and some people had referred to one of the championships as the Raw title and the SmackDown title. And it was confusing. It was over, overly complicated. And it's another championship. We don't need another championship. And there was another moment on the show where I was like, oh, you know, the alarm bells went off. Austin Theory came out. We're holding the United States Championship, of course. Mm-hmm. And they said the world title should be his. So suddenly the US Championship, which he's held so proudly and has become a more prestigious championship because that's been defended on Raw and sometimes has actually been the number one singles title on Raw, is suddenly now less valuable because a new, more prestigious title cut from cloth has just been created or is just about to be created so already the u.s title has dimmed has been diminished its prestige has been you know it's lost its luster because of the creation of this new championship that no one really wants i mean in years to come people might look back and say well yeah it took a while to get going but it was a it was a good idea in the end and it might be but at this moment in time i feel really quite demoralized by the whole thing because there's all these stories that I thought WWE was going to tell. And I was getting really quite excited about, you know, if Randy Orton returns, then, you know, he can then work towards that title match with Roman Reigns, you know, on a major show. Same with Seth Rollins, you know, going back to the Rumble 2000, uh, Rumble 2022 match, which ended in DQ finish, which at the time felt like it was booked to you know, preserve this feud between these two so they could have a rematch at a later date. And obviously we haven't seen that yet, but I thought that was going to take place this summer. And it may still take place this summer. Mm. But now we've got this obstacle, which is this new championship, which just gets in the way. It's just this encumbrance, as far as I can see. Um, at the moment, anyway, in years to come, yeah, it might be, people might look back on it and say, oh yeah, it was a really good idea to create another championship. But I, I think it's a long time before we reach that point where we'll say, yeah, that belt's really valuable. It's added value to whichever brand it's attached to. And it just means that we're getting regular big title matches rather than one every, you know, two or three months. And, you know, even last in the last eight months, they've done so much to rebuild the US and IC titles. Exactly. And then now they're going to, and even, I mean, you know, I know you were saying about the, when they had the WWE and the world title, but I mean, even when those were around, there was always a clear A and B title. And the A one would be the one that Cena was involved in, or you know, the, it was always very clearly booked. You know, like at WrestleMania twenty eight, 
Punk was the A champion, Daniel Bryan, Sheamus was the B title program. Like it was always kind of like a clear, and you're always going to have that issue where, I mean, unless there's rare instances where, I guess a rare instance would be in 2007 when Undertaker was the world champion and Cena was the WWE champion. And they're kind of on the same level. But I mean, it, it just, seeing all the Roman Reigns stuff the last nine months has shown us how much more exciting it is when you have these big world title matches and they're not all the time. Yeah. And, you know, the IC and US title can be what people fight for on 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 the respective brands. But Exactly. I mean, and they, you know, after the titles were unified at WrestleMania last year, um, the, the, the United States and intercontinental titles benefited greatly as a result because more emphasis was placed upon them and they were featured more heavily and, you know, became like how they should be, you know, how the IC title was back in the, in the 1980s. Now the US title was back in WCW, you know, that was at various points was, uh, and, and also Jim Crockett promotions, the US title was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt like, yeah, US title and the IC title have, you know, gained and gone up and been elevated in importance and prestige and, and their luster because Roman Reigns defends his champion or defended his championship so infrequently, the other guys had to step up and like basically fill the void. And now yeah. here comes another championship. And it it just feels like this glass ceiling's been erected above Gunter and Austin Theory's head. But yeah, that comment from Theory, I should hold that belt, not this one. And I just like my heart sank, Kenny. I was just like, you've done so much for this belt. And now you've just told the world that you'd rather have another championship than the one you hold and have defended with not honor because he's a heel, but you know, he's defended and and you know Austin Theory's been a big deal as US champion and the US title has become a big deal because Austin Theory holds the belt. Yeah, for sure. Well listen, I think I think we should I think we should kind of end on this topic and talk about Raw on Thursday because we've got loads more to talk about. But I, to kind of finish off on this bit about it. Where the world, where this new world championship also doesn't really make a lot of sense at the moment, is you had Seth Rollins who was, you know, actively flirting with the title for lack of a better word, and then Cody Rhodes ignores it completely. Uh, so to me, I hope that with Cody, I hope he comes out and sort of, you know, because Cody can cut this promo, which would be a promo that's quite hard to do, where he can kind of politely decline that belt. You know, you can say, look, being the world heavyweight champion is a great honor. Blah 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 blah. But you know, my story has to be defeating Roman Reigns. That yeah. has to be what it is because if I don't do that, I'm not finishing the story. I'm sort of taking a, a shortcut to the the top, and I don't want to do that. I want to finish what I started. And I think he, it's going to be quite important for him to cut a promo like that for him to, you know, because otherwise, if he just wins that title, it's just, I mean. It just feels like such a consolation prize. Oh, we'll just feel deflated. Yeah. I know this is not the belt that we want to see Cody win. And whomever is is a poet, if he reaches the final of the tournament, we know it's not going to be Roman Reigns on the other side of the ring. We know that. Yeah. And even if, even if he was to reach the finals of the tournament and then, you know, I don't know, somebody attacks him, it's like, but the Cody Rhodes character that's come back has already been presented as someone who's kind of, above the regular promo style. Like, he's someone who tells us like it is. Yeah. You know, he's he's referenced AEW. Maybe not a name, but, you know, he's referenced where he's been. He's referenced different stuff. The Cody character in the storyline canon would 100% talk about this new belt and why it's not right for him. And that, to me, is quite a crucial thing he has to talk about at some stage before this kicks off. Um, so I hope yeah, they absolutely. do. Absolutely. So, and also, if I hope he's not entered into the tournament because if no. he doesn't win, that will be another huge match that he's lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, listen, we will we'll cut it there. We, we've got lots to talk about from Raw that we will talk about on Thursday, and then obviously we're also going to talk about the two matches that John sent into us. So, um, plenty to discuss. But Finn, I hope that you have a couple of days to cool off from this world title announcement. And um, when we come back on Thursday, we'll, uh, we'll we'll have the firing of CM Punk from Dynamite to talk about. <laughs> Hopefully, our sunny dispositions will have returned. I started this 
podcast <laughs> smiling. And, you know, that I've ended it with a, a sour face. You know, I've ended it. I'm all glum. But do you know, know what? I, th- I think it's. I think it's. I think it's the right uh, tone for what we've been talking about. You know, we can't sugarcoat it for people. We can't pretend that it's all great. You know, p- people will be listening to us wanting to know what we think of this. And I think we've, uh, you know, we've we've outlined the reasons as to why this is uh, arguably confusing. Yeah. Just it's just make thing makes things muddled. It just makes things more difficult and. It just obstructs our enjoyment and, you know, just makes the booking and the stories more complicated and difficult to tell. Yeah. I, I just don't understand this decision at all. I'm just, I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sense out of it. And um, I keep, you know, harking back in my mind to 2002 and it's, oh, we're going to give Triple H this belt because... He needs a belt and Brock Lesnar's going to the other brand or he doesn't work here anymore. And it's just like, oh, all right then. But people were really miffed about that at the time. I remember people just thinking, what is this? And why has this just happened? You know, and, and it just it just it just makes things more complicated. And um and it just means that you know, wrestlers as well. I mean, why would I'll just quickly, I'll say this now, shut up and we'll <laughs> why would a challenger buy for this new world heavyweight title? Well, I suppose they're gonna have to because they'll be on the that they'll be on that same brand to which that championship's attached. But still, like what you said, it will feel like a consolation prize. Because mm-hmm. you know, vying for that championship, it's a new belt, it's not as prestigious as the one that Roman or belts are the ones that Roman Reigns holds. It just, it just feels second best, doesn't it? It's just yeah. second best. And we, and we, you know, we've we've talked about why, you know, the, the 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 crux of the Cody thing being the success that it is, is that Cody is able to overcome those odds that he couldn't at WrestleMania. That's the story that we that we want, and the idea that he might win this co- clear consolation prize, it's just like. No, this is not what this is supposed to be. You were doing so well, and you know it, it's it's one of those examples where you get you know the people who dislike WWE or think they're rubbish or whatever. This is just prime fodder for for them because it, it, we're getting this disappointing follow up to yeah. what could have been an epic moment. And you know we've now we talked about this before. There's been three big moments that they passed on: Drew, Sammy, and Cody. For what? For Roman to be on one brand who he's never around? Just doesn't, you know, feels like a bit of a wet fart ending of of, of what it is. And, you know, if the goal at the end is, is The Rock down the line, well, what's the next nine months of story going to be to get us there? Yeah. So, anyway, we'll be back on Thursday with sunnier dispositions uh, to chat about uh, more wrestling stuff. Patreon though is the way you can keep up to date with us. We did a really fun overrun episode over the weekend where we talked about had a really good chat on NXT and why NXT maybe doesn't feel as as big as it did in the past. We talked about people who were left off the WrestleMania card, um, and I thought it was a, a pretty good listen. So go check that out at patreon.com forward slash inside ropes. So Finn, I look forward to speaking to you again on Thursday. Absolutely, Kenny. Absolutely. And yeah, we'll go through Raw and um, all sorts of other things, I'm sure. Yes, there will be. there's always m- more to talk about if we leave it more than two days. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.